Welcome to episode 11 of Entertainment of Excellence, the podcast where we talk about films, TV, all of it. Hi, I'm Ollie. I'm Tom. And I'm Ben. Did we get the intro right? Oh, well, yeah. we don't know. We don't want to do a last time. Yeah. yeah, we don't want to say we did it right and then <laughs> actually it was 30 seconds late. Oopsie. <laughs> nice. Fingers crossed. So today... Uh, we just watched uh, Being John Malkovich, the uh, comedy fantasy absurdist drama? Yes? Yeah, Does everyone agree like with those? Uh, sure. It was definitely unique. I can say that. Yeah. I'm allowed to say that. Mm. It was a very weird film, but... Do you want to try and enjoyable? Shall I try and give an overview of what it was about, just in case? Yeah. This is probably ahead. one you should watch before this because uh, you, you may spoilers. have no idea what's going on. <laughs> uh, so it, it's about Craig Schwartz, uh, who gets a job at the seven and a half floor of the Milton like Lemons building, I think it's called. Um, and it, the roof is really small. Anyway, he finds a portal into John Malkovich's brain which basically lets you in, see the world through John Malkovich's eyes for 15 minutes, and then you get kicked off on the side of the highway. Um, mm. So there we go. Yeah, That's yeah. kind of the overview, and it leads to many cool conflicts uh, and moments. Mm. So uh, what should we talk about? I, I don't know if I can really like think of how to do how the plot moves. I mean, it, it felt like the plot made set, like the pacing felt good to me. I never felt it was weird. Mm. Yeah. Well, but I can't describe how it progresses. Well, Basically, guess, it's, it yeah. centers around the conflict between um, the protagonist and his wife, then sort of this other woman who, um, well, he saw, he likes her and then his wife, like, um, sort of likes her through the lens of John Malkovich. It's a very yeah. complicated his wife, relationship. Well, yeah. His wife does love it, but the and other woman in. only likes uh, Craig's wife, called Lottie, if she is John Malkovich. Yeah, mm. but she doesn't like John Malkovich as such. It's just yeah. she more likes... I don't know how anyone came up with this idea, but... <laughs> it's like... Well, yeah. Charlie Kaufman. She only likes Lottie when she's inside John Malkovich's body. And then, like, later on in the movie, it turns out that, like, um, the main guy who's a puppeteer and he's called Craig basically, like, takes control of, um, of Malkovich and doesn't get chucked out after 15 minutes. He survives for, like, several months. Um, and. Eight months? Yeah, yeah. And he. She kind of just like turns her back on Lottie and then sort of like enjoys uh Craig through Malkovich, which is weird given like she was really hostile to him in the beginning of the film. 
yeah. Malkovich is just like but, the vessel. What do you think is actually like her sort of motive? Because at the start of the film, it, it didn't really seem well. Never really seems like she it, is. It sort of just um, so they can make money through the like the service where people are able to like experience John Malkovich for fifteen minutes. Because there never really seems to be a relationship between her and Craig. She can't, yeah, sort of I just think, goes along with it. I think that that seems to be the whole theme of it because she also goes along with um, Craig being in. I said Lenny, uh, John Malkovich's <laughs> body because I think it's because she knew she could then just be his manager because obviously John Malkovich would never let this random woman be a manager. Uh, yeah. So she, I think she just does it all for money. That seems to to be for me. And then the only person she actually has feelings for is Lottie, which yeah. does actually develop into an actual relationship at the end with just those two. John Malkovich is not involved. But mm. there is kind of a sort of twist with Craig still being involved. Uh, yeah, Craig gets stuck in John Malkovich's uh, daughter. Yeah, who that, was so conceived. there's like a whole fantasy um, system set up where there's this guy that realizes that uh, I don't know how long it is, but basically there's these people can be vessels, and when they turn forty-four, they turn ripe, and then you can basically become that person and live through their life so you can kind of become immortal but you have to go into the vessel before midnight on the 44th birthday otherwise you'll get stuck in their child that's just born but you can't control anything so you're forced to like see the world through someone else's eyes basically which is kind of cool and terrifying as you were saying Please go and watch this film before we start discussing it, because it <laughs> makes no sense if you haven't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially like when you consider that at the very end, um, Craig gets stuck in the daughter of John Malkovich, who was conceived while Lottie was in John Malkovich. Yeah. <laughs> so Lottie's like the. Well, like, John Malkovich is technically the father, but, like, Lottie's also sort of the father, I guess. It's weird. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So, I guess... What what did you think of the tone? I thought it was... It was good. It was... It didn't take itself too seriously, because, like, a film, like, this absurd, if you approached it with like dead seriousness it wouldn't work whereas this one like acknowledges how weird it is and like uses that to its advantage so like there's a running joke throughout the whole film that like nobody knows what John Malkovich is being in it's just like oh you're that guy from that jewel thief movie or (laughs) the one that's a retard it's not overly uh, comedic as well Mm. it sort of undermines the story because yeah. when I sort of saw that it was described as comedy first, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I, I don't really know what genre I would say, but it's not overly... It doesn't, like, overuse comedy to its own detriment. Yeah, the only comedy that was in it was, like, sort of just laughing at how absurd things were. And then, like, also there was a bit with um, the well, the owner of the building 
who like discussed his sexual fantasies with Craig, who really wasn't interested, and that was the, <laughs> which yeah, was really yeah, that, that's a bit of an understatement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I thought there were so many great, but like, if if you are after some weird, surreal, absurdist humor, then this film will be brilliant for you because it's. I mean. Just as soon as you, it's like, oh yeah, you need to go and work on the seven and a half floor. You know, the seven yeah. and a half floor, and then the roof is really small. <laughs> and they play a video saying that it was to accommodate like uh, smaller people. I don't think it was even a dwarf that the guy was shown talking to. I don't know. It it was really weird. What <laughs> um, I thought it was brilliant, and then there's just stuff like. <laughs> I feel like it was also the writers making fun of them, getting their wiggling their way out of like a plot hole they'd written themselves into when Craig's wife was stuck. She was tied up, but she obviously needed to oh, get yeah. out. But then Elijah the monkey, <laughs> you see him have a flashback <laughs> to when he was in the jungle and he has to untie his like parents, you assume, to to save them and himself. But uh, he doesn't do it in time and he gets captured. <laughs> But he use he manages to use it to be able to untie Lottie, and he gets his redemption, and that is just such a brilliant, weird scene. Uh, I I mean I thought it was amazing. Yeah. He's the best character, <laughs> Elijah the monkey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All of the all of the main characters were just terrible people. Apart, I know. Like um, Craig's obviously just like manipulative of his his wife and is and obviously of Malkovich and just stays inside him for eight months to further his own success. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, but the interesting thing there is when he's uh, when he's inside of Malkovich, like the, he only exists then as a puppet. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, his actual obviously is um like I guess his spiritual entity exists, but he's his only physical self is is the puppet that uh john's using well and you also... assume that you assume that like john malkovich has the same experiences uh craig does at the end because yeah. when craig gets out for, for like 10 seconds yeah john malkovich is like oh oh i'm free so he's obviously being trapped there knowing that someone else has been controlling him so that would be pretty scary just someone else takes over your life basically basically forever yeah because obviously the other older people go in then it's it's then... Weird. it also has another weird like philosoph- ph- philosophical aspect in that the same will have happened to the guy who owned the building because yes. remember yeah because obviously that isn't actually the guy that owns the building so whilst he appears to be very nice there's going to be the real guy in there somewhere just screaming into the void. <laughs> 105-year-old. Yeah. yeah. And then it's just going to be like that forever. There's just going to be a collection of them, like the guy who owns the building, John Malkovich, John Malkovich's daughter. Yeah. yeah John Malkovich's daughter's fine. Oh, no, because oh no, they go into her next, don't they? Yeah, oh, yeah, she's yeah. She's the next one. Um, Something I found interesting, though, is... As we were saying about uh, Maxine, it's almost as if, like, I hated Craig as a character pretty much the whole way through. But... Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to like him. Hopefully. Uh, 
But um, he's manipulating Efron and he seems like in charge in control of the situation. But then you also have like Maxine, who's sort of not indoctrinating him, but sort of controlling him for her own purpose, which yeah. is mostly just financial and to gain her own influence. So it's almost as if everything that he's doing, even though he's the puppet master, in a way she's sort of controlling him as well. Yeah, she does like get a redemption later in like at the, the end of the story when she like gives up um controlling yeah. Malkovich and just has a life with Lottie. But like throughout the whole movie she's just manipulating him for financial gain. And like is isn't there a line where she says something like he can control Malkovich and I can control him. And so yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And then, like, Lottie herself, like, she's l she's less bad as the other characters, but she she seems to be quite selfish in that she's just pursuing Maxine because she likes her um, for her own gain and just, like, ignoring her, ignoring her husband. Um, obviously, she gets mistreated and everything yes. and everything like that, but... Yeah. Mm. One of the um, key questions we had about it was why John Malkovich? Mm. Imagine being him and getting the script for this. It's just like, <laughs> especially the the scene which we haven't talked about yet, where where he goes into <laughs> Malkovich, that Malkovich, head. Malkovich, yeah. Malkovich. It, it must have just been so so weird. Mm. I think it's interesting because after watching, it, I'm like, yeah, John Malkovich is the perfect choice. I mean, who else could it be? Just, I I don't know how to explain it. It, it just worked. like if it was, if, I mean, if it was Tom Cruise, it'd be so cheesy and awful. Yeah. I feel like, but John Malkovich does have this kind of weird, also absurd and kind of like magical aura around him. I don't know how to explain it because yeah. obviously he's a massively famous actor. But Not I mean, the only thing, the only film I know him from is uh, Of Mice and Men. Hmm. Yeah. So I just feel like he works, and he's got. Cool name. Uh, he's got a cool name that you, <laughs> that you can say over and over again, uh, as they do when he goes inside of his own brain. Yeah, it's just like he's that he's that sort of definition of just like being sort of perfectly odd. Just his name, his character, his mannerisms, and everything. He's just the perfect choice. And like yeah. Charlie Kaufman, who's the writer, was like wrote the scripts with him in mind like it was always being John Malkovich yeah and like when he pitched it to studios like like this, like you said it was mainly just like everyone was asking well why isn't it more famous actor why isn't it more why isn't it being Tom Cruise or something and then yeah. when Malkovich got the script himself he asked the exact same question famously <laughs> why isn't it being Tom Cruise so is that what a lad Maybe you just think you have like an overly obsessive fan who's just writing a film about you. <laughs> yeah, I thought the comedy was so spot on. I want to talk about all the like comedic things. So we've had I've talked about the small roof thing, which is brilliantly bizarre. Another thing you might have forgot was the secretary, or sorry, executive liaison, who just like doesn't understand anything anyone says. Yeah. Somehow, uh, <laughs> and then it means that Lester, the boss. Um, just he says that he 
he thinks he has a speech impediment. Oh well, I mean, he completely believes he has a speech impediment. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. What's his name? Craig is just like, oh yeah, I can understand you perfectly. And the guy's like, oh, flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for pretending, but it's really just, not necessary. Yeah. Um, and obviously we need to talk about... So, I mean, one of the things, as soon as you hear there's a portal into John Malkovich's brain, you want to know, what if John Malkovich goes in it? Movie is like, great with questions like that. Yeah. And it's like, just... yeah, we, we're going to show what happens when John Malkovich goes inside John Malkovich. And it's this great scene where he's in a restaurant uh, it's loads of people that have John Malkovich's head and the only thing they say is Malkovich. And then when John Malkovich tries to like uh, ask what's going on, you assume, or or just act panicked, he just screams Malkovich. (laughs) (laughs) Everything on the menu menu is Malkovich. Malkovich. There's like a little girl with Malkovich's head on. Oh, that's so weird, though. Like the <laughs> the whole movie has like virtually no special effects, but then just on that restaurant scene, everyone yeah. just has a John Malkovich head. It's so weird. It's so it's good. like we're watching Fear and Loathing again. Yeah, <laughs> like the first thing he sees when he's opens his eyes is like this woman wearing like a low cut top, and then you look, it pans up, and it's just Malkovich's head on her. <laughs> 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 yes oh that that is a good that is a great scene <laughs> i want to know how like how i mean john markowitz must have had to have done so many uh, takes of that scene like i don't, I don't know how yeah. they did it did they filming on a green screen what did he <laughs> filming that scene must have been so weird because he had to be the one to say all these malkovichs and stuff yeah oh uh, he, he was great he does a great go- uh, job at like embodying Craig when he goes into his body. Yeah, that was a great like little subtle thing when Craig yeah. goes in. You can see it being Craig. Like uh, I don't know how to explain it. He has this thing with like like where he puts his hands, which is just like what Craig does. And yeah, the, he's got all the same mannerisms. So I I feel like he must have studied. John Cusack, although John Cusack might have been putting the mannerisms on, so who knows? Uh, but I, I just thought that was great because obviously they could have just had him as like John Malkovich, but he talks differently and everything, and it's yeah, uh, he did a great job of being. Uh, I know, I mean, I know it's called being John Malkovich, but John Malkovich did a great job at being someone else. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird how the the whole movie premises on him. On other people being inside him, so like when there aren't people inside him, he's just essentially playing like a slightly exaggerated per- version of himself. But then he really has to go into detail to like show the audience that it's not him in it. And he, yeah, yeah he does that really well. If anything, it's like a testament to how great an actor he is, really. Yeah, like, and I mean, you know, he's just as good as he was in that Jaw Thief movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or the one, who, <laughs> yeah. the one where he played that retard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm worried. Yeah, but that one actually exists, Ben. Come on. Oh, of Mice and Men. Shout out to there, was a, there was a reference I picked up on when they were talking about, um, at the end, other people who might want to go into Malkovich's head. He mentioned Gan- Gary, si- Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise. And he was the guy who yeah, played yeah. George and directed of Mice and Men. <laughs> So, watch that in uh, year eight English. 
good good year times. nine actually oh um, oh uh, yeah. yeah it must have been year nine right oh year nine was yes. a year of bad movies i was getting a bit worried that um vaccine came like into his house I thought you'd just do a, a curly's wife again <laughs> i stroked your hair <laughs> oh no can i stroke your hair george wait george um, <laughs> How did you think the directing was? I mean, it's one of those that uh, I didn't massively notice until the scene where Maxine and Lottie go into his subconscious, which was really cool, where there's loads of these things where they're like crawling through vents and then it kind of flips the direction of which way is up and it goes into loads of these parts of John Malkovich's life and stuff. Uh, that was really cool. But... Thinking back, I feel like also the cinematography and stuff. I, I think they did well in in the seven and a half floor parts. Like there was a lot of almost the shots were slanted upwards to really emphasize how cramped it was. Yeah, uh, and I think that worked, which which helped the tension when John Malkovich comes in to investigate the John Malkovich portal, and uh, obviously flips out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I think um, Donald, are you going to say something about that? I was just going to say, I think that they're like they're actually, well, sort of like hyperbolic, but actual things that happen to him because that would have been interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how by like, was he ever called John Malkopy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whether that like whole part was an exaggerated version of like his character, or whether there was stuff that actually did happen to him. Yeah, who knows. Yeah, it was, the the directing was like interesting because like the guy who directed it, Spike Jones, um, he'd like, um, or Jones, I guess, I never great at names. He'd done this was his first movie that he'd done before like he'd done lots of music videos. So he did for like Weezer, Beastie Boys, REM. Um, first one I saw was like Daft Punk by Daft Punk. Um. And so, like, this was his first movie, and I think he, he did a really good job of it. Um, he's done, yes. like, a few since then, none of which I've heard of. So um, was this actually his debut? Because this is a pretty impressive yeah, yeah. So uh, debut. He'd been active yeah. since, like, um, since, like, the early 90s doing music videos, but then here it was the first film feature film he actually did so yeah. this is the first film that charlie kaufman wrote as well mm, nice yeah so that's cool and then that whole scene where it's in his subconscious and there's like the camera angle changing and coming out of different like parts of the scene and going into different things that like oddly enough reminded me of the just for some reason the music video for honey by moby where it's pretty much similar to that. Turns out that the guy who directed that was Spike Jones's brother-in-law, so there's... And it was also after this, so I kind of wonder if there might have been any influence there. Or something. Mm. I'm sorry, Charlie Kaufman is shorter than me. <laughs> How short is he? A <laughs> little bit of a tangent here, but he's... Uh, yeah, in, five in real... Four and a half. Or 1.64 meters. I'm pretty sure I'm over 1.7. I can't remember. You're over 1.7. Yeah. 
No, I, I, how tall is it? I've got. I've You're actually got a tape measure in my room. Seven. I'm only just over one point seven. In real life, Tom Tom has always been, uh, been. I'll be with you one second. A little bit diminutive in stature. Let's let's put it that way. You mean um, Thom? Oh yeah, Thom. He's officially <laughs> Thom. Yeah. Um, and he's not even that short anymore. But we just we just uh, bully him about it because we're kind like that. <laughs> yeah. Is he still measuring? Is he off measuring himself? <laughs> Drum roll. Oh, let's see. One hundred and seventy point five centimeters. No flipping so way. I am taller than Charlie Kaufman. I'm there only like one hundred and seventy-three centimeters. No, you're not. You're way t- you're taller than me. <laughs> am I just hunched over then? Because that's what I measured. Probably. Right. Okay. That <laughs> makes me feel so much better. My insecurities have just gone. <laughs> Am I the only one that made <laughs> thanks, anyway, thanks, Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> anyway, back back to <laughs> being John Malkovich. Yeah. Um, so, I didn't know this, but uh, Charlie Kaufman, I guess, also wrote Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which I also want to watch, because that's supposed to be good. And I think it's a kind of similar themes... Uh, it's about a guy that, yes, yes, it's about a couple that erase their memories. So he obviously likes writing about, um, I, I guess, stuff to do with people's minds and things like weird fantasy stuff with them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can tell that he obviously like had fun writing being John Malkovich, I think. Well, hearing the, the like, synopsis of that and then sort of with this as well, there are certain elements I think are a bit similar to Black Mirror in a way. You know, um, mm. the episode, I think it's Black Museum. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It sort of tells like little sort of anecdotes. Uh, there's the one of someone who sort of gets addicted to pain. That sort of reminded me mm. of this because it's like someone getting addicted to living through someone else. I think it was mm. a doctor who um, sort of had this device that. Uh, help them treat patients better because they knew where the pain was located but then in the end they sort of oh, oh, yeah, yeah. where they, they they knew how not to not kill themselves yeah I think I, think I remember that yeah it was sort of I mean obviously not exactly the was same, it because they were feeling on the edge of death or something I can't remember I think they just got like addicted to the feeling of pain yeah hmm yeah, there's definitely parallels there, I guess. But it also does some, like... Being John Malkovich also explores, like, other themes other than, obviously, uh, the theme of, like, if, if you could go in someone else's mind, what does it say about spirit and consciousness and stuff like that? It also uses it to convey, like, um, themes of homosexuality and uh, transgender, almost. Well, because... Lottie, mm. obviously, when she goes in, John Malkovich, the first time she goes in, she says that she feels herself for the first time ever and decides that uh, she's transgender and instantly wants to get an operation, uh, get a sex change, uh, which she doesn't end up doing. But later she realises that she loves Maxine um, 
so they have they have the weird relationship through John Malkovich, but obviously at the end they are just together by themselves. So it, it's kind of an interesting exploration of that, and you, you wonder if uh, you know was it because she, she realised that she like you know preferred women that she thought she was more like a man or you know well, was, she, also... was she actually transgender it's pretty that was a kind of interesting thing that maybe wasn't fully explored i don't know yeah it it could what well, i thought um in a way her sort of throughout it she's sort of kind of like volatile and precarious with her mental state yeah which could sort of you know she's constantly flitting between like as you were saying yeah uh, different uh, like wanting to change gender and wanting to like, change her sexuality but that could almost have something to do with uh, her relationship with what's his name Craig Craig yeah. sort of his um, manipulation of her which sort of put her in this state I don't know yeah no, it's it's kind of weird that they survived as a relationship to be for them to last long enough to be married because it it really didn't seem like a healthy relationship at all because he was he was like lying to her she um just pretty much ignored him they didn't seem to be supportive of each other a lot and so I I guess it's kind of natural that she was looking for. Um, like that same affection she kind of wants in other people, and like she found it with Maxine through Malkovich. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think she was like a whole yeah, as you said, her mental state was very precarious. So I think she was like flitting through a lot of different things. So like naturally, her first thought would be like, wow. I guess I might be transgender then because I felt good in Malkovich's body. But then I think mm, it yeah. I think it just turned out that she really just had like a desire for Maxine as a woman. So Yeah, well, it's also it's interesting also... because um oh yeah, cuz she does get that No, never, never mind. Uh because obviously a lot of other people do it and but they're obviously doing it to escape their normal lives, so I think it's more about because the first time she goes in John Malkovich, she has no interactions with Maxine. You almost wonder if it's just the fact of being someone else. Uh, It might have just made her realize that she was unhappy with her own life. Yeah. uh, And just, you know, long for the escape of other people. Because obviously when they open this thing of where you can be John Malkovich, there's massive lines because no one wants to be themselves. They all want to escape you know their normal lies and it's quite a big thing that it's a massive line because it is like two hundred dollars and i'm sure mm. that there's people going back really often so uh yeah. it's pretty interesting yeah it's i like... was just gonna say you know um just to bring it back to sort of her relationship with craig that's sort of also embodied when he sort of just immediately dismisses it as a, like being a phase Hmm. And, you know, it's not genuine. Yeah. Which, which also builds in this sort of manipulation. And also, um, I was also thinking that the thing is, what the film does well is never really sort of explore, 
it doesn't explore um, excessively what people sort of do when they're in John Malkovich. You know, it's just sort of basic general tasks, which sort of helps um, that he's not Tom Cruise. He's sort of an actor who, you know, obviously has an elevated lifestyle, but it's not perfect. Yeah. And that's the thing with him. You're only getting 15 minutes within his body. It's almost as if it doesn't satisfy you enough. You either sort of feel underwhelmed, which you don't really see anyone that does, or you just want to have a complete change in your own life. Mm. Yeah. And like, also remember that they were selling this between 9 p.m. and 4 a.m. So, yeah. like, John Markovich would be asleep yeah. <laughs> at some point during them, right? Mm. I, I think, think so. I think a lot of it was just that these people just wanted an escape from their lives in whatever way possible. And like $200 is a lot, but see, like the first customer was like a fat man who was like really depressed with his, his weight and his life. Um, yeah. And just was just eager to experience being someone else who isn't, fat, who isn't depressed, who, even if it's just the mundane tasks of like, I can't remember what it was. It was like eating or something. It's like having a shower. That's yeah. Right. No, that, that was um, having a shower was Lottie. Yeah, but uh, the point the is, eating was the larger man. The point is that like all of the scenes you ever see him doing, apart from with Maxine, are just really mundane tasks, just day to day stuff. But no one complained, and there was a huge line. So people might have been recommending it to other people because you know it's it's less about what you're doing and more about being someone else escaping your own body for 15 minutes um yeah which of course doesn't fully satisfy you but you know it feels good in the moment um yeah but do you do it yeah but only on the filming of mice and men <laughs> I feel I like obviously I want to pull Curly's wife's a, what, what? the reason <laughs> would be that? the neck ache you'd have after waiting that in the queue bending down for like hours. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you you know, if you heard you could do it, you'd want to do it. But then there's the whole question: it's like, well, should I just intrude in this person's life? Like, even if you are just watching, is it? I mean, it's pretty bad. You know, if he thinks he's in some... You assume when you're by yourself, you're in a private situation, but someone's just peering through your eyes. And this is like an actual famous guy that you can... So you know who it is. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I'd want to do it, but <laughs> I don't think it'd be right to do it. Mm. Uh, it's also, I don't know. It's also this, like, this huge question about um, like how moral it is to do this. And... The film, like, leaves more questions than it answers about this topic because throughout the movie, Craig is, you know, an anti-hero. He's he's a bad guy essentially. Lottie isn't perfect. Maxine is manipulative, um, and so the so the, the the person who owns the building, I've forgotten his name now, but he's Doctor Lester. Yeah, Doctor Lester. He's sort of like, I guess presented as the good guy, in a sense, just because he's not Craig, 
And so his whole plan about let's take over Malkovich, um, we can take all of these people with us um, and we're going to escape death, you know, all of that is presented as yeah. a good thing. But then when you realize the consequences it will leave, it's completely displacing Malkovich from his own life forever. He'll forever just yeah. be stuck as a passenger in his own mind, in his own body, sorry. And it's like, are all of these people's lives worth more than Malkovich's own? And yeah, that sort of philosophical question of whether you should do it is yeah. Yeah. really big. And something think... we urgently have to address the crazy credits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the crazy credits where it says everyone's names and it even says John Malkovich's name in the credits. What? What? It's almost what? like he's Maybe. in the movie. <laughs> well, some crazy credits before, but nothing on this level. <laughs> Wait, did I say... Oh, I, okay, there's a cool bit. Do you remember the scene when John Malkovich comes out of his head and then someone throws a can at him out of the car? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the, the filming was running late uh, th that night, and basically Spike Jones just wanted to like give up on doing that scene because they were running late, and they were, and he's like, no one's going to be able to hit someone on, no one's going to be able to hit John Malkovich on the head with a half full can of beer uh, from a passing car. <laughs> and then loads of people, like apparently seventy or eighty sets of hands from the crew, shot up saying they'd like to try. So John Cusack's writing partner tried it, and he did it on the first try. Ooh. And yes, John Malkovich was actually hit in the head with a can. <laughs> that is pretty impressive. You could kind of tell by the way he reacted. He was probably like... <laughs> yeah, he was He was super annoyed about that. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, I guess just first off, do do you have recommendations for this episode? If you want to just... I don't think on. so. So I guess we can, like, go on for we a bit. We need to do our rating first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, we've got just, to give a rating. Yeah, I'm just trying to plan how we should do this. Yeah, let's just wrap it up, I guess. How? So what were your impressions of the movie as a whole? How would you? How did you react to it? I really loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I think same. it was actually really good. I mean, I wasn't sure. I knew it was weird. I was like, yeah. I I want I want something to be I want to watch something weird. I'm excited, uh, and I tell you what, it, it did well being weird, and it was funny, and it had it like explored some interesting stuff, and yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, so because it was entertaining, but then you also have like sort of the psychoanalytical level, which we've touched on, which sort of underpins the whole story. I thought yeah. it was really interesting. Yeah. It was, it are, we, was, are we giving ratings? What, it was definitely what do you think? weird, but in a in a good way, in an enjoyable way, and yeah, not like there are other movies where if it's too weird, it can like throw you off. Whereas this, I think the intention is to throw you off a little, but you never feel like you can't understand what's happening, the yeah. situations, and like what's going on is incredibly confusing like why why is there a portal to his 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 mind who knows but 
you never feel like you're you don't understand your you can always appreciate I, I think, it at least its base level that yeah that's why i happening. really like the start bit with the the low ceiling roof like just a simple thing is that it sets up like okay this is kind of like a fantastical weird world where you can kind of expect odd stuff to happen so it never feels weird yeah. and it, it did really good things of answering questions like obviously i think i mentioned like you, there's a portal to john malkovich's mind obviously you're going to ask what if john malkovich goes in it and they did well to answer stuff like that uh yeah i thought it was great cool i feel like i always have to say this but 7.7 .7 on imdb it is so i'm um, gonna give it an 8.2 interesting See if we can crack the the top three yeah top i mean three. i straight after watching it i was like um i was thinking eight but thinking back on it more like there's so many great things in there um i mean there's also it even just has little lines that are just so brilliant like the one of the origin of the milton lemming that's not the actual name milton i can't remember what the building's called cool. <laughs> it's called like milton lemming building and it's like it's named after milton and his friend which folklore has it was named lemming and you're like <laughs> yeah <laughs> right okay um so and also it, thinking back i think of like all the cool themes it touches on so i'm gonna say oh i don't 8.4 or 8.5 do i be ballsy what do i think is it better Oof. or the same as uh, is it the same as Blade Runner? About Ben's rating. Let me think. The same as that. Uh, I'm going to put 8.4. Let, let's put Blade Runner a tiny bit above it. Yeah. I'm unsure. 8.3 or 8.4. Because it was. 8.3 to go in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just make it nice and round. 8.3. Yeah. Because, yeah, it was, that, it, was, is that it was a great movie. Um, mm -hmm. It had a lot of themes that you could dissect if you were more into that but then also at its base level it's still an incredibly enjoyable story so yes you know like there, there are some films where you can go too deep into the philosophy of it but this you know it's it's still funny it's still great you can still sort of sympathize tell you what to think a lot with like yeah you can sympathize a lot with john malkovich yeah mm. Um, 8.3 I'm, I'm checking the website now I think it will be uh, like I, I want to see Hall of Fame we've got okay, so number one Blade Runner 8.5 uh, number two Jerk Gently is an 8 this this is now number two <laughs> so okay about the website <laughs> um, we are launching a new website because the old one looked terrible and did very bad in terms of like performance when it comes to search engine optimization and stuff. So the old one was entertainmentofexcellence.wordpress.com. The new one is exactly the same, but weebly.com. Entertainmentofexcellence.weebly.com. W-E-E-B-L-Y. So yeah, it's a new design. All of the same stuff from the old ones there, but now we've got the episodes listed in a separate section to the blog. So you can filter by genre or by type, movie, TV show, and then we'll be posting... All of it. <laughs> so yeah. I have to do it. <laughs> and then we'll occasionally post stuff on the blog 
Um, and currently it says something about signing up for a newsletter. We haven't quite finalized that now, but what we're planning to do is if you sign up to the, the newsletter, we'll be sending you like an Excel spreadsheet with like a master list of all our recommendations on it. So um, like everything we've ever recommended, you can find a list, a link to watch it or buy it there. And then also you'll yeah. be like kept in the loop with some stuff. So maybe we might like share what we'll be reviewing before we announce it on social media and stuff, just so we can collect your emails and build like a better community, I guess. So <laughs> our recommendations listeners. for this week, the website. Yeah. <laughs> the website is our recommendation. Yeah. But we do have a new section. So we Which got may only appear once, we'll find out. <laughs> we got messaged on Instagram by the country band Crow Buntry, who wanted us to review their music and we figured why not? Why we'll give them a listen. So if you if you have music or a short film or any form of entertainment really. Um Well just... not any form. <laughs> Any form Not of appropriate entertainment. <laughs> yes, just most for a family. Well, we do say all podcast. of it, Ollie. Oh no! Uh. <laughs> we'll just be reviewing jarjarbinks.com but censored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you if you're a creator and you have any entertainment that's appropriate that we can discuss, by all means, send us a message, and if there's space, we'll fit it in. So they, the band Crow Buntry, um, a country band hailing from uh, USA, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, they asked us to look at their latest song. It's called Whiskey Dick Picnic. And so we'll, we'll talk about that first. What were your thoughts on Whiskey Dick Picnic? So... Uh, obviously let's have have a disclaimer uh country isn't like my thing but um i think the way they do it because they obviously are kind of just having fun and joking around with it i i really like the energy behind it yeah uh just about first aid going so well i mean he's sitting next to his favorite deviled eggs what's not to like uh and then wakes up on a picnic blanket uh by himself poor guy yeah. yeah. So they're just kind of energy. Like I've listened to quite a few com comedy bands every now and then, just because sometimes I'm just really in the mood for it. No matter how ridiculous they are, like Flight of the Concords, Ninja Sex Party, uh, some of Ween's songs are kind of goofy. So yeah, I, I kind of I do kind of enjoy stuff like that. So I thought it was good. Um, also, I, I think the like guitars are actually pretty good in this song. When yeah. I mean when it came in kind of the the how would you say looks i don't know but the guitars seem to work together and do a nice job at the start so i did i did actually like um the guitar as well and the singing worked because i mean i was like wow this guy sounds absolutely hammered yeah <laughs> but in a good way in a good way you're like yeah this is a guy that would just pass out yeah it in, definitely on a blanket in the middle of a field i also like the fact that the the lyrics aren't like verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus it's sort of three yeah, that's a pretty interesting got, structure yeah you've got three verses 
um, then like a sort of bridge, and then like I guess the chorus, whiskey dick picnic, whiskey dick picnic, oh whiskey dick picnic <laughs> for the rest of the song. So yeah, yeah it, so on like some some of the sounds in there were like I guess quite conventional, but they worked because that was the sort of like vibe they were going for. Mm. Um. So yeah, I, I, we quite enjoyed that to be fair. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was the remix of the song Tonky Honk Tractor featuring support staff. Um, wasn't as much of a fan of this one, but to be fair, it was a remix. It was like, um, it was like a sort of trap remix of the, <laughs> yeah. it's, and it's also very short. It's only one minute 37, which I think is about right because... To be fair, if it went on for much longer, I don't think it would have been as enjoyable. I think it would have dragged on. But yeah, um, yeah. Like, and then we had a, we had a quick listen to the original Tonky Honk Tractor, which uh, was insanely catchy. Like, it wasn't as it what it is. Like, it's <laughs> even all, though. To be honest, I'm I'm not a fan of this kind of like music, but I've got to admit it's catchy. <laughs> Gonna get a honk, honk, that tonky honk. <laughs> one like equals one honk. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, they really I mean, was. I've got to say, but it's interesting the um remix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like I mean I've I've got to make this comparison, don't I? Like um the old town roads song. Yeah, no, no, really, I was thinking yeah. it was really popular, which was like a mix of country and trap and like hip hop, I guess. Which and there was like some discussion on whether that should be fit in the country charts or not. I don't know. I feel like this this particular remix is definitely a lot more trap than country, but like, yeah, well, it's definitely got all the country elements in it. Though. Yeah, yeah, the singing's still like very, and it's got the. Bing, 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 bing. I can't do it. It's got the guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like twangy guitar. Yeah, mm. the name Crow Buntry. Can you can you get any more country than that? Well, I mean, it is like. It almost sounds like Cockney rhyming slang for country. Yeah. 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 That'd be yeah. interesting, Cockney country. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how it's that would sound. I'm not, I'm not even going to attempt to think of how it would sound. So, thank you. Thank you, Crow Buntry, for sending that in. Um, Tonky Honk Tractor, mm -hmm. Tonky Honk Tractor remix. Um, Whiskey Dick Picnic and a couple of other songs are out now. Um, uh, on Snoring Dog Productions and find them on iTunes, Spotify and everywhere. So, yeah. Thank you for that. Hope hope you enjoyed. Um, mm -hmm. Give them a listen. So, yeah, again, if you've if you're a creator and you've got like a short film or music or anything appropriate. Story? A story, yeah, yeah. If you Yeah, that could work. I mean Poem. Yeah, 
artwork. I well, guess. yeah, we'll review a poem. Why not? Let's go back to yeah, all of it. Poem. Oh, no, Ollie, yeah. you, you do A level English literature, right? I do. There yeah. you go. You can be the poem review man. Yeah, poems, sure. stories, music, films, artwork. Uh, if you've made a whole feature film, that that would be impressive. Yeah, if you have, then we'll definitely make space. Ocean Poison Sword. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Obviously, Tarantino is listening to us. So. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> mm. <laughs> That'd be funny. Tarantino sends us a message like, oh, could you review. Um, I made this short film. It's called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Could you uh, review, please? Um, I made this film a while back. I don't know if anyone likes it. It's called uh, Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> That's on Ollie's top five movies. Mm. Okay, it nearly so, went on mine, but I didn't yeah. want to put Tarantino. So if you look at the new website, which is entertainmentofexcellence.weebly.com, we've got new about us sections because the old one only had Ollie and me from 2018. Disgusting. Yeah. So, hey, up, Minji. <laughs> I came I came across as a little bit narcissistic. I had links to all of my music that I've done that have since uh, expired because the music's been re- removed. Ollie mentioned his basketball cards he posted every every day on Twitter, which he posted my, uh, like twice. Person, <laughs> my personal YouTube account. <laughs> <laughs> which he posted nothing on. <laughs> yeah. And then Tom just wasn't on there because he's a special guest. Tom. <laughs> Obviously. Mm, so go check out our new website. It's a lot more sleek in design. There's um, some sections there. The, the Hall of Fame's back up. We've got... We'll update that with being John Malkovich is, I'm assuming, the second place. Best, second best. Yeah, yeah, second place. Watched. Yep. Um, yeah, and there's a contact form on there if you want to... Contact us if you've, especially if you've got like a review of the podcast, that would really help us out because we we're still starting out and we don't know the best way to structure things. So if you've yeah. got any feedback at all, you know, please do leave a comment or contact us. Yeah. Also, um, for our zero fans who listen live, uh, <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be streaming on the Saturday, the, the next two Saturdays, yeah, to the Fridays. Today. Yeah. Hmm. There you go, us... Lewis G. <laughs> Lewis, please watch live. We're begging. <laughs> Any people watching live, uh, probably us. <laughs> yeah. So and then you can find us on Instagram and Twitter, both are at E of E Podcast. You can direct messages there. We post clips from the episodes there. Um, occasionally other stuff. So shoot us a follow. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's about it. And you yeah. have anything to say? Should we just sign off? That's it. Any recommendations other than the website? Yeah. And yeah. the and Crowbuntry. <laughs> yeah, go go support Crowbuntry. We need to get up to fifty listeners as well for that. Um, oh yeah. What were we doing? The twenty four. Oh, we're, yeah, we're, we're gonna re-record. Oh, oh yeah, later yeah, yeah. Twenty forty nine review. Then we'll be updated on all. Twenty forty nine listeners for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll get fifty listeners by twenty forty nine. I think. <laughs> uh, we'll get like forty nine, and then we'll lose one. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. 
If you're listening live, which you're not, thank you. If you're listening on <laughs> podcast platforms, it's thank only you. being listening live. <laughs> Thanks for listening. All right, see you. All right, I'll see you. <laughs>